0: Hey, uh, we're in a series called Climb, and what we've been talking about, the tagline for Climb is Reaching New Heights Together. And what we've been talking about is this idea that anytime you want to get farther in your life than you've been before, it usually involves having other people join you, either to help you or to help guide you or to just be a part of the process. And we believe that the church is just such a place. That the church is a place where we can share life together, we can be involved in each other's lives to get us to a place that we might not be able to get to if we were on our own. And so we've talked about things like the importance of gathering, the importance of what we're doing right now, that the word church actually means in Greek, gathering. Ecclesia, And so that's what we're doing right now. We talked about how communion is so important and that we do that together. We talked about the idea that when we um, go forward in life, oftentimes there will be conflict because when you take a big group of people and you're all trying to get to a certain place. And so we talked about how do we deal with that? How do we deal with conflict and hear differences of opinions and things like that? And so we've gone through a bunch of those different things. We we've um, uh, and this, we talked about last week, like John V.A. was talking about, that how important it is to contribute financially to the journey. And so we talked about giving last week. And if you weren't here last week, you're probably like, whew. Um, well, that's why we have a podcast, okay? <laughs> so that you can't get off the hook for that. But one of the things she made reference to that I'll, I'll make a reference to a little bit in the sermon is this one percent challenge that Lisa and I are doing, and we're inviting you to join us. And uh, it was it came about a few weeks ago, where uh, I knew I was teaching on tithing, on giving ten percent of your income to God, and uh, we've been doing that for such a long time. I was like, you know, what? we we need to feel what it feels like for someone who's not. Doing that, And so we decided we're going to give 1% more. And so we invited you to join us with that. And uh, I don't know who gives what or how many of you did it. But uh, uh, I'm kind of excited to see who for maybe for the first time, if you've never given anything, that you for the first time in your life might set out a portion. It, It doesn't matter how much, but just that it would be a sacrificial giving in order to give back to God what he already owns. And so that's what we talked about last week. Uh, This morning, we're going to switch rails a little bit, but we're going to be talking again about all of us contributing. This is a picture of my family. We went hiking in Yosemite. Now, the cool thing about pictures like this is that if you look at this picture, you see a really happy family, okay? (laughs) So you see you're looking and you're like, wow, they really love each other. Um, They're very healthy uh, because they're backpacking, um, and so uh, they're, they're probably, they are probably backpack all the time. I mean, if I posted this on Facebook, it would be like hashtag all day every day, okay? So <laughs> that, that's my thing. But I just want to give you a little bit of insight, because the pictures sometimes paint uh, a, a different uh, uh, thing for you. Uh, number one, I just wanted to point out that although Lisa's backpack looks bigger than mine, <laughs> okay, mine was filled with rocks, Okay. <laughs> And hers was filled with pillows and stuffed animals. So I just wanted to point that out. Get that out of the way right, right away. No, but I'd like you to see. See my two girls with the thumbs up? So that looks like they're really happy to go uh, uh, hiking, right? No. They had already talked about ruining every picture with thumbs up. Okay? And so this is the methodically. And you can see uh, the, on the right hand side But my daughter Emily. She's doing this kind of face she did it the whole time to ruin all the pictures. So, I want you to see that these two girls are evil, okay? <laughs> so, get get that, get that down. Uh, my son, Jesse, he's got his hands in his pockets. And if you're wondering why those pockets look so, so big, they're either filled with Snickers or fireworks. Uh, I can't remember <laughs> which it is. And then my lovely wife is... Uh, is just gently holding his shoulder, that's actually to restrain him, okay? (laughs) To keep him under control. So while you look at that, you think, oh, happy family, Uh, not so much. Let me show you another picture just so you get it. Um, This picture is... (laughs) Lisa just starts... That's so funny. You didn't know I was going to show this picture. She was there. So she knows this picture looks like a loving couple trying to guide and direct their children to the most picturesque place that you can go to, right? What it really is, is that even in the wilderness, we will argue over directions, right? (laughs) It's like the Geico commercial. It's what we do, okay? We were driving last night to dinner, and we just started arguing over directions. It's just, it's no big deal. We don't, we own it. We own it. And so there we are. And see how we're, we're pointing to different portions of the map. It's just, it's just awesome. But here's the money shot and this is the one I really wanted to, to show you. Um, because it, it has to do with my sermon this morning. And I, I will have a sermon in just a little bit. Um, so on this picture, my, my daughters have taken this one. And um, there's nothing that really stands out in this picture. It looks just like the other picture. Except... There's just a tiny little change, and the tiny little change is uh, right here. I'm carrying his backpack, (laughs) which is filled with rocks and water and gold bars. I mean, it it was heavy. Now, again, this is not to shame my son. He was nine, okay? So just let him off the hook if you see him on campus. Uh, But I had to carry his his, um, backpack. And here's the thing. If you've ever been in a situation at work, maybe, maybe that's your situation right now. You're at work, and there's that one person in the office that isn't carrying their share of the load. Anybody ever have that experience? And sometimes, in, yeah, you're like, oh, <laughs> just because I mentioned work. It's like, wow. Uh, but but uh, where you've been in there, and sometimes the organization is so unhealthy, they create systems Around that person when you're like, man, just fire him. This is a waste and you're and you're like, you know Let's let's go take that form to patty. It's like you can't take it straight to patty You got to take it to Joe who takes it to Monty who to ta- you know, and it's like why why can't we do that? Because this person's not carrying their fair share of the load now that happens in work um, It happens at home sometimes Where uh, and uh, where somebody in the house does the majority of the cleaning, mom, Uh, the uh, or 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 somebody feels like they're kind of taking on anything, and sometimes they will get frustrated and say, "Hey, I wish you guys would carry your fair share." On the load. And so you've also had it the other way, where someone carries something, even light for you, and it just feels like the world has been taken off your shoulders. If you're the chief folder in your house of clothes, like if that's your job, you're the one, and you come to a, a, a bunch of clothes, and they're already folded, that might have only taken seven minutes, but doesn't it feel like, wow, this is the greatest day in my life, or whatever. Someone's wiped down the table or put their dishes away or what have you. I mean, we know what that feels like. Now, here, here's the thing. We had a destination involved that where we wanted to go in this hike, okay? We knew where we wanted to go. And I know some of you are like, John, you're supposed to enjoy the journey. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey, no, it's about the destination, okay? I hate to burst your bubble. But if you don't have a destination, I ain't going with you, okay? Tell me where we're going and when we have to get there. And that's, that's where I, those are the trips I like to go on. Well, because I was carrying uh, the, the the extra backpack and and, and our, our family argued over this point, I thought at times I was carrying him. Some Half the family said they remember that. Half the family said they don't. I remember it, and so that's what I'm sticking to, right? Because of that, we ended up here. Now, this this uh, picture is awesome, and it looks great and everything, but that's not where we wanted to end up. We stopped short because I got altitude sickness, okay? Uh, because my hands are very supple, and I'm a very frail man, okay? And so... <laughs> Just by putting that backpack on me, I just, I, I just shriveled up, okay? Now, here's the thing. You can say, well, John, you need to man up. You need to pressure through. But here, here's the thing that I want you to understand. It's always that way. You can only carry so much. It doesn't matter if you're the greatest hiker in the world. It doesn't matter if you're the greatest um, uh, worker in the world. You can, uh, there's going to be a point at which you cannot carry anymore. And it's going to stop. You from reaching the destination. Now here's the thing. This happens in the church as well. Where some people are carrying a larger load of what is going on. Now I want you to understand. I'm not talking about the church in the, in, as far as Living Spring is. Now I know you've already looked at this card. And half of you have already run out screaming. Okay. <laughs> Don't get nervous about this. I'm going to explain this. And it's not. We're not locking all the doors. And until you check something off. You can't. You know. This is your ticket out. Okay. And we're going to turn the heat up. No. It's. uh, I'll explain this. Anyway. So you can calm down. Everything. Everything will be fine. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. I'm talking about the fact. And you might not believe this. My prayer is that when I get done this morning. You will believe exactly this. That God has created you. Specifically You in a very unique way and he has placed you in unique situations he's placed you in your family he's placed you in your job he's placed you at this church he's placed you in your neighborhood to do kingdom work now for some of you the fact that i might say kingdom work i mean that's not even for some of you you might be here and you're trying to figure out the bible and you're trying to figure out jesus and all that and that's fine and you're welcome here Um, And so when I use a word like kingdom work, this is just, for lack of a better term, God's work. And so what I want to do is I want to go through some scripture in Corinthians where Paul is writing to a church in Corinth. And he, he does chastise them a little bit. He encourages them a little bit. He tries to correct them. But he, what he's trying to do in this particular section is give them a vision for just how valuable they are. And just how important it is that they carry something. Okay? So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to start out in verse 4. We're going to do 4 and 5. And then we're going to skip some verses and then we'll pick it back up again. Here's what Paul says to this church. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. What this means is that you're sitting here right now with gifts that the Spirit of God has given you. Now, you might not know what they are. You might have an inkling. You might be like, um, you, you know, you might have taken a test. There's like different tests you can take online, which... I don't even know what Jesus thinks about that. But whatever. You can take a, a, a spiritual gifts test. But the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service. But the same Lord. And so what I want us to connect this morning. Is that we can actually do acts of service. That are God working through us. He goes on. There are different kinds of working. Now this... Um, Word in the Greek is just, it means energy. There's just a different kind of energy. And this energy isn't like a new age energy. You know, like the dog whisper Caesar Milan or whatever. It's, it, it, it's, that, it's just workings. It's, it's doing stuff. It's carrying part of the load. And so what Paul's trying to, to get is he's trying to free this church into broadening their mind to think, you might think of spiritual things in certain compartments. But God wants to blow all that out. God says, there's different gifts I've given you. There's different energies I've given you. There's different things to do. Now, the next verse is one that if we... I was tempted to just sit on this verse for the rest of the morning. But um, what he says afterwards is really important. But he makes this almost audacious statement. Now, to each one... That's all of us. The manifestation of the spirit is given. This word manifestation just means appearance, an appearing of the Spirit. To each one, an appearing of the Spirit has been given. Do you know why? For the common good. God has given you a unique shape, unique gifts, unique energies, uh, unique perspectives. That when exercised, it is actually the Spirit of God working through you. And we're going to see in a little bit what some of those things are. Because I think for a lot of us, we think in terms of, well, you haven't seen my life this last week. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't do anything for God. I mean, don't I have to, you know become a missionary or teach a Bible study or what I'm hoping is that by the time we end up this morning, you'll see that there are lots of things you do and it's just oftentimes just a shift of your perspective and to invite God in to the things you're already doing. But to each one, every single one in the sound of my voice has the opportunity to have the spirit of God manifest himself in your life. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? (laughs) That the spirit of God can actually Appear in your life. Well, watch what happens. It goes on. Uh, and after this particular verse, it has seven verses of a bunch of spiritual gifts. Okay? And, and there's another section of scripture that has a bunch of spiritual gifts. Neither one of those are, ex, are exhaustive gifts. The, 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 the lists of the gifts are just to show the diversity of what the Spirit of God can do through diverse people. That we're not all the same. That we don't all have the same perspective. We don't all have the same thing. But we have the same God. That is working in all of us. In our unique shape. So he goes through those those uh, gifts. And you can look at them later if you want. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 8 through 13. I'm going to pick it up in uh, verse 14. Even so the body is not made up of one. But of many. And so. The way the Bible sees the church is not just the church, but all of you and me and everybody working together for a common goal. And not only that, it's not just our church. There are churches down the street that are doing the same thing. There are churches in the the cities all around us. There are churches in countries all over the world that are doing the same thing, that There's many of us doing one thing. The body is not made up of one part, but of many. And so what happens is when when this happens and we all get together and we're all different and we want to be a diverse church in all sorts of different ways, socioeconomically, um, um, ethnically, culturally, we want to be that. Well, when that happens, we will tend to fall into a couple camps. And Paul addresses that. And here's the first camp. And this is kind of the camp that comes naturally to us if we think we're not worthy to be used by God. And so Paul addresses that one first. He says, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Right? And 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 you've you've maybe experienced this too. Where you see somebody, the manifestation of the Spirit of God in their life looks different than yours. And you look and you go, man, I wish I could be more like that. Or I wish I... I I could. Watch what Paul says. He says, just because you've observed that, okay, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. Now, before we just skip through that, You are part of the body. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're stepping into this life of following God, you are stepping into a body of believers. You're stepping into the church, the one that Jesus said the gates of hell cannot stand against. And because of that, because you're a part of the body, it's your job to figure out what part you're going to lift, what part you're going to carry of this body experience. So he goes on and he he uses some logic here. He says, if the whole body were an eye, okay, where would the sense of hearing be? You know, which would just be awesome to see a giant eye. Anyway, um, if the whole body were an ear, which would maybe that would even be better, where would the sense of smell be? Now listen to this. This is so key, this next verse. In fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So you're sitting here. You thought you were just going to church. But in fact, God has placed you here. You're like, this is my first week. I, don't, I am scared. Like, you guys are off the hook. Okay, don't worry, don't worry about it. But God has placed you here to be a part of what God is doing in his kingdom through this expression. And so you say, well, I don't know that much of the Bible. I don't know. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say God has placed Bible scholars. You know, that's the way you can be used. He doesn't say, oh, you know, you could say, oh, I don't really have much of an education. It doesn't say anything about that. You can say, well, I don't know. I'm I'm brand new to this whole thing. It, It doesn't matter. This is the criteria. In fact, God has placed the parts in the body. Every one of them. That's the criteria. Just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? He says, as it is, there are many parts, but one body. So that's the one side. The one side of the people might say, well, I'm not, I don't know what I can do. I'm not, I'm not really articulate. I can't preach. I can't, I don't, when I pray for people, they don't always get healed. And I don't think I have that gift. And I, I'm, I don't know that I have the gift of prophecy or, you know, whatever. And you're just kind of trying to figure that out. And so you land in this camp, but then there's another camp that happens with the body. And Paul addresses that, and he's just trying to talk about two bookends, okay? And he says, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And so there's this other sense that there might be people, not in our church, but there might be people in some churches where they think they've arrived. They think they're it, they're the ones that everyone needs to listen to or follow or whatever. They're the they're the the cat's meow. And Paul's saying, you know what, I got something to say for you too. You're not. You're not more valuable than anybody else. And so if, if there's someone whose The eye says to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Okay, listen to this. On the contrary. Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. In our church, we have... Um, Uh, We we, we say this all the time, and we have it right there. You can belong before you believe. You can believe and be changed. So we say, belong first. But we're going to want you to believe some things, okay? We're going to want you to believe the Bible. We're going to want you to believe things about God and about some theological things. But you can belong first. And in that process, there are some that we allow to belong that um, have a different expression. If you've been here in the last few weeks, you might have seen that actually be encountered. Where there'd be someone who's just new to this. They don't understand all the ins and outs and workings and when you're supposed to stand up and when you're supposed to sit down and whatever. Do you know that those people are indispensable? They don't have to have it all together you might be in here and you might say john i i'm i I'm, I'm wanting to take that step to follow jesus i just i'm I'm just close i don't i still don't there's some things I need to work out or whatever you are indispensable here. Can you imagine the most frightening thing I can imagine is a church full of bible scholars <laughs> like if you guys all had your your doctorate in bible i would i would i jump out that window, okay? (laughs) Because we're all at different stages. And so Paul's basically saying, not only how dare you if you think you're better than that person who's just kind of having their eyes open, but also how dare you if you think you don't need that person in our myths. Those people are indispensable. The weaker are indispensable. Now watch what he says. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. Now watch this. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, because they're the presentable ones. They're the ones that you parade on stage. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. That is the heart of your heavenly father. And if you feel like you're too broken. If you feel like you're too weak. If you feel like you, you, you're the one that you would never parade in front. Because you, if, if we knew what you knew about you. We would, oh. The heart of your heavenly father. Is that God has placed you in the body. I'm a big sports fan. Um, I love football. Now football season's over. So I just, I just. Crawl around my house, um, uh, and just wait for September. But um, in in right now, the person that I want to watch, like everybody pretty much, is Steph Curry. I just, I just can't. And for those of you, he's a basketball player that can hit a a three pointer like from here. (laughs) Like every time he shoots, it seems like the ball goes in from wherever wherever he is. And so. It's incredible to me how his body, how he can be dribbling with one hand, switch it to another, spin around, jump up and be jumping uh, away. And then someone's swatting at the ball and he can, his whole body can work together and he gets it off just in time and swish. I mean, can you imagine that? If you had to make a robot do have the calculations of what's happening with his muscles and his brain, and 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 in the middle of his jump, adjusting and readjusting and figuring all that stuff out on the fly, this is why I don't understand why we call golf a sport. The ball just sits there, right? Like you know, it ain't going anywhere. It's right there. It's like, and then you can scum up and like, I'm not ready yet. And everybody needs to be quiet. Oh, I'm, I'm going to hit now. I'm going to hit now. Can you imagine? Steph Curry does that. Hey, can you guys stop? I need to make a, fr- okay, there we go. Come on. So anyway, I, I totally digress. Here's the thing about Steph Curry. Uh, yes, he's better than a golfer. But here, here's my point. You know what can take Steph Curry completely out? A tendon. A tendon. In his hand, in his knee. Like just a tendon. You don't, when you see Steph Curry, you don't think about his tendons. I mean, maybe you do. That's weird. But in any event, <laughs> you don't think about that. But that tendon can take out Steph Curry in the same way. In the same way. We can take ourselves out if we don't get this idea that God wants to work through us, that he has placed us, he's put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. And he just kind of ends it with this really neat thing. He says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. That kind of goes back to my tendon analogy. I don't know if you've ever um, been walking around and you had a hangnail or a splinter or whatever. You just have that one little splinter and it's like that's the only thing you're thinking about, right? Same way. When, when one of us suffers, we all suffer. And when one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So, how do you, how do you start? How do you, what does it look like? To carry something for the kingdom. What does it look like to be a part of the body? What does it look like to, to do something? Now here's the joy of being part of God's economy. God's economy is essentially the opposite of our culture in a lot of ways. And so our culture would say, if you want to change the world, um, you, 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 know, you, you know, run for president. Oh. Uh, okay. If, if you want to do this, you, you know, CEO, you know, this and that and this. Here, here's what, here's what Jesus comes on the scene. And he says, do you want to be the greatest? Like the greatest, be the least. Do you want to live? I mean, really live. Do you want to have a life? I mean, you are really living, die. He, he said, we talked about this last week. The person who gave the most... Gave a penny. Because there's something else in God's economy. That doesn't require you to have to have achieved to a certain level. Before you can be used by, the, by, by God. That it's the spirit of God who has manifested himself in your lives. By giving you gifts. By giving you strengths. By giving you perspectives. By giving you um, um, experiences. That he, he can move. In that, So you say, well, what, what could I do? What, what could I do? Here's one of the ways Jesus wrapped this into a bow is he was talking to a bunch of people and he gives this parable and he says, look, um, there, there's sheeps, uh, sheep on one side. Sheeps isn't even a word. He probably didn't say that. He probably said <laughs> sheep. Okay. So there's sheep on one side. There's goats, which actually is a word, on the, on the other side. And he starts talking about what, what makes the sheep special. And, 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 and why the goats are in trouble. And so he talks about, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was hungry, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you came to visit me. And the sheep did all those things and the goats didn't do all those things. And then it begs the question, Well, when did we ever do that? Because that sounds like a really, really big deal, <laughs> It sounds like Jesus is making this a really big deal. When, when did we ever do that? I don't remember that. He said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. In other words, you can leave here right now and begin carrying things for the kingdom by just being a servant. If you're, if you're, a, we had this conversation in our small group about folding clothes. That's why it was on my mind. Uh, if you're not the chief clothes folder in your house, you can serve the kingdom of God and be used by God in a mighty way by folding clothes. <laughs> because you've done it in Jesus' name. Okay, I know who the chief folder is. God, That's Awesome. Preach it. Okay. Okay. If you're the chief vacuumer, then yay. Okay. All right. Okay. You get the idea. So it might just be this all happens at home. Where where you just, the spirit of God just says, look, now is I want to see, I want to manifest me through you in your home. You're going to forgive. You're going to be patient. You're going to be kind. You're going to fold clothes. You're going to sweep. You're going to do whatever. And so this card, the only reason this card is here is because for people who can't think of anything, and I want to read some of these because, again, you will think, well, John, if I'm going to do something for the kingdom, I should plan a church or, uh, you know, do something crazy. But our staff sat down and said, what would be really cool to have uh, people do? That would take a load off. Or that would be a cool part of us doing this together. And again, as I mentioned before, this doesn't have to all happen just here. You, you might, you're, God, The Spirit of God might be telling you to do some lifting at work. To stop a certain behavior or to be a different kind of person. And now you're, you're lifting. You're carrying your weight. But like um, one of the things, like property, weeding. You think, well weeding, that doesn't even, that, is that even in the Bible? <laughs> right? If you're doing it as unto Jesus, it is an act of worship. And you make the place nicer, and it's a really, really great thing. Sprinkler monitor. You're <laughs> like, you stand, and when the sprinklers come on, you no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you just check sprinkler heads. It's just that, that simple. That simple. Because a lot of, a lot of us don't know where to start. Now, some of us, Uh, might feel really comfortable being a youth leader and 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 so you're like wow but that's a that's a heavier lift okay or children you might be a lesson teacher a classroom helper or a playground scheduling things like that creative we have set and stage design this was all designed by people in our church or a decorator we have one i don't know where it is out here um We want a noticer. You're like, what's a noticer? It's someone who walks around and notices stuff. And you're like, that's me. Like, like I'm a noticer. Lift for the kingdom. Notice stuff for the kingdom of God. See, what, what we wanted to do in this list was, yes, we'd love everything to be checked and everybody's happy and we're all volunteering and we're doing all this kind of stuff. But what we really wanted to do was show you that even in the most mundane things, if you are doing that for Jesus, you're doing it for the kingdom and you're carrying part of the burden. So my question as Adra comes back up, maybe through this or... Something at work. What, what 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 are you gonna lift? What are you gonna lift? For some, uh, you have special gifts and talents that I wouldn't even know about. You might know how to know how to program a router or something like that, and that's not on here. Um, but you might want to just write your name, um, your phone, and on the back just say, "Hey, I can do X. You know, I can fix." Harleys or something, I don't know. And then now we have to buy the pastor a Harley. So, um, and we can do that. You know, we're here to serve. Um, But here's the thing. I I, I know I've made some jokes, but I want us to be serious about this. This week, what I would ask you to do as we climb, as we try to um, get to a place we wouldn't get to, maybe there is a place on here or wherever or you can begin to carry part of the kingdom. Because there's a manifestation of God's spirit upon your life. For you, it might just be talking with some other people and go, What are my strengths? What are, are my giftings? Now, as you fill these out, if you want to, this goes in the box in the back. And then we're going to take all those things and create a system that helps, in, helps you engage. So if you're just like, look, I'm super busy. I don't know about work and all that kind of stuff. But I can do that. We'll get get you connected. Ajua is going to, um, uh, she writes a poem every week. And and so she'll share that uh, based on what I've just talked about. And then we're going to sing a song called Forever Rain. And this song really gets to the heart of um, what I've been talking about this morning. There's a line in the song that says this. My heart will sing, no other name, Jesus, Jesus. My heart will sing, no other name, Jesus, Jesus. For you, you might not even need to lift anything more. You've been lifting a lot. For you, as we head into this quieter time of worship, where we fill out our connection cards and we... uh, we prepare our offering, if that's what you're doing, for you. It might just be a shift of perspective to go, you know what? The stuff I'm lifting already, Lord, I'm going to begin to do it for you. I'm going to begin to change my perspective and not do it for this, these accolades or this or because I'm passive aggressive or whatever. I, I'm going to start doing this for you. And so as we sing that song together um, a- after the poem and uh, that might be a place for you to sit a little bit. My heart will sing no other name. Jesus, Jesus. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you that you are so worthy of all that we have. We thank you, Lord God, that, um, that you've thought enough about us to buy us with a price. That we are no longer our own and that you would give us gifts that we could be able to use for your kingdom. To build each other up and to build up uh, people in our homes and in our workplaces. And so Lord, I pray um, now that you would speak to us. We might even hear your voice to say, this is what I want you to lift. This is where I want you to change your perspective. This is where there's going to be a manifestation of the Spirit of God in your life. And so, Lord, we welcome that in Jesus' name. Amen.